Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Talking Tennis. It's the WTA Weekly. And what a week it's been on the WTA. And guess what? It's everyone's favourite genre. It's a crossover episode with our good <laughs> friend Mario. <laughs> How are you doing? I uh, uh, have to say that uh, this week I'm doing quite fine. So thank you for asking. Uh, I'm good. okay. That's good. That's good to hear. Um and uh, well, look, audience, you saw what is soon to be an out of date power ranking for Wimbledon uh, on the screen, um, uh, sort of part one. Um, and also caught a, um, a, a prediction from Ghosty, which, to be honest, I don't think it's that crazy. I could totally see Peyton Stearns winning Berlin, and I'm not just pandering. I genuinely think that could happen. Um, why not, Mario? It's the WTA. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm really happy to be honest to to take part to <laughs> once to the wta weekly since yesterday i i was not there for for the atp but i'm happy because i as i was uh saying before to john uh i i really like grass court tennis when it comes to uh to the wta tour we we've seen a lot of uh, entertaining season in the last years uh mm. so yeah really really happy to to take part in this conversation. And I'm looking forward to having a chat conversation with you as well. So um, we've got probably a little bit to talk about. Um, I would say let's, we've had two grass court tournaments on the main WTA tour so far. Obviously we had WITF W100 in Surbiton uh, the week before. Um, not massively relevant because there was no one really in the top 100 there, I don't think. Um, but Nottingham and um, Rosmalen um, produced some interesting champions. Being biased in uh, being biased as a British uh, fan, obviously one caught my attention more than the other. Um, but I also think that actually, 
I was kind of pleased to see kind of the reaction on Twitter of seeing that all British final in Nottingham being very well received internationally. I don't know whether it's because Britain doesn't have that many strong tennis players out there. It has. We have Emma Raducanu, who is out at the minute, um, is going to have to climb her way back into the top 100 now. Um, but um, yeah, um, I, I think it was between two players who obviously they were in their first WTA final. Um, Jodie Burridge and Katie Bolter. Katie Bolter solidifying herself not only in the top 100, but also as the British number one um, by winning Nottingham. Uh, yeah, what did you catch any of that tournament, Mario? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, no, yeah, I mean, uh, when I when I saw uh, what the final was, I I was kind of expecting Katie Bolter to, to win it. I think that uh, between the two players, really? uh, she's... Um, more ready uh, to to break through um, into that circle uh, of the players going around the the main tour tour events, but uh, we also saw her doing very good things also also last years. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, it's not that. I saw some stats that she, yeah, she hasn't beaten very high high ranked players because I think that Barrage was uh, the highest ranked player she she beat and route to the title. But um, it's still a um, a very good sign because um, the grass court season is uh, plays a little bit different than the rest of the year. Uh, there are other, uh, yeah, sometimes there's kind of another logic. Because you you have to be really able to to adapt well to the court and to adapt fast to them because it's only five weeks, and, but let's say three weeks because not even counting Wimbledon because Wimbledon is um, like the, the the main the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be ready for for that. So it's three weeks of, of preparation, um, and having shown that you feel comfortable. Uh, you you also are able to play well in in your first uh, WTA final, which is not easy at all, despite of who the opponent is and because of the of all the circumstances and also doing it uh, feeling a little bit the pressures also of uh, um, being one of the British tennis players that this year can can grab some some results. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had very, very good indication because she, uh, she has, um, I mean, weapons from from the baseline that can be very, very dangerous to on these courts uh, for the way she plays. In my opinion, especially the forehand, um, I have to say that uh, I, I was looking forward to to see her back on the grass. Uh, when I was thinking about the players that could have been a threat. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, she she hasn't disappointed at all. Uh, and I think that she's one of, of those players who already was showing that could have gained some some position in, in the ranking. And uh, it's all a benefit for for her, for British tennis, all all other things, for tennis in general. I mean, yeah, and Katie Bolter, 
you know, she's been on this path before. Um, she's had some good runs at Wimbledon. She ends up running to some top players. Um, you mentioned she had a good Wimbledon last year. She beat Karen Pliskova in round two. That was a good win, given that Pliskova's defending finalist. Just seemed to not quite have. I don't know what. I can't remember what happened against Harmony Tan, but it was a. It wasn't a great match. Six one, six one to Tan. Um, but Bolt has been on this path before, as I said, like before COVID. I think before injury, um, she looked like she was. She she got to the top one hundred before, and then she was set back by quite a serious injury. So I think it's great for her to kind of confirm herself in that mix. Um, so it should be a, uh, I, I think we're going to see some good things. I think she's guaranteed herself a wild card for Wimbledon. Um, and uh, I will, um, um, wild card for Wimbledon. And uh, I think my number one, now being in the top 100, uh, I can't see a scenario where she wouldn't get it. Um, she's been quite heavily promoted um, now. Um, I'm interested to see how she bounces back in Birmingham. Um, she's got potentially an, a draw that's, that could get her quite deep, quarterfiles, maybe in semifinals. Um, uh, I mean, I, I and uh, I, it's hard to say with Wimbledon itself because obviously that she could draw, uh, she could end up drawing Sabalenka or Rabakina in round one. You can't really predict how far she's going to get at Wimbledon. Um, but she's got a good chance of making a good fight of it over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no. Um, wanted also to say that uh, very nice things uh, saw during the wall event in uh, in Nottingham. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, yeah, we were talking about uh, this match. We were talking about Balter uh, especially. But uh, I think that this has been a really enjoyable first first week on grass. Um, mm -hmm. with some some very nice matches, we also saw. Um, I mean, maybe there there's going to be to be time, but I wanted also to mention uh, Cornet playing uh, playing well, probably mm -hmm. uh, for one of the. I mean, it's been a difficult season for her. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't know if it's going to be the last one, um, and. Uh, that's also it's also a good sign because she is one of the players that coming on grass she has the the experience that is required to to do some things and cause some I don't know maybe some some up, upsets um, yeah um, it's always uh, interesting for me when we we head into the new the new surface watching the first the second week. Uh, of the tournaments to to try to uh, yeah to understand something that uh, could happen in in the big event next um i think that we we are going to at least there's not going to be some surprise i think that we're going to see both uh balter and and Burridge in in wimbledon with with wild cards i don't think that they i think that they will both uh have that and um yeah it's been uh in my opinion it's been a very very nice week uh to to start this this grass season um both both events but talking about this one yeah i i've enjoyed a lot of things yeah i, I it's one of those things you know i actually when i was deciding um which tournaments i was going to visit in person in uh, in britain um my um I was, uh, I was kind of, um, I, I was torn between Nottingham and Birmingham, 
Um, I ended up having to choose Birmingham because life intervened um, and um, I had a very important event on the weekend of Nottingham semi-finals and final that meant I couldn't attend. Um, so um, it ended up um, so it ended up being having my hand forced, but I was watching it going, I wish I was there. As a British fan, seeing British players win every day, this is unusual in tennis, uh, in, in terms of British tennis history. Um, and so, um, but also that like everyone was saying what a great event it was. Um, and also, uh, it, and so I'm like, I'm curious to go next year and see what sort of the experience as a fan is going to be like going there. Um, Birmingham is pretty good. I'm going to be there this week. Um, but uh, I definitely, I definitely want to go visit. And not least because also third reason, just um, the tournament's now run by Laura Robson, who 10 years ago was one of my favourite players um, on tour, partly because she's British. Um, but uh, uh, I, I definitely think that um, any British viewers watching definitely consider going for a visit. If you're not from Britain um, and but can't make Wimbledon but can get here a little bit before, um, then... Uh, Great. Um, I just wanted to also mention Cornet as well. Um, going to come off the back of what you said. Um, I agree. It's great seeing her play well again. I would be honest. When I saw the semi-final lineup, I thought Cornet's winning this. Mm. It's not that I didn't have faith in um, Burridge or Bolter or um, Watson even, because Watson's a multiple 250 champion. Mm. But I just thought this is Cornet on grass and she's a much higher ranked player out compared to the others. Um, I thought she'd be the favourite. But uh, home advantage was what played out in the end. No, yeah. Um, at, at some point, I, I had I, I had kind of the, the same feeling, but um, I remember very well uh, last last year's grass season and uh, these British players, uh, it's, it's not that much uh, of a surprise, in my opinion, that they are doing well. Probably we wouldn't have expected this final in this event, but it's it's not that much a surprise because even last year we we had some signs. Yeah, Balter played really well, but even from Jody Burridge we we had some uh, some good matches, good performances, and gaining experience on grass, um, playing maybe even uh, I think that no, I think for sure they played. Um, a, a good number of matches. Um, they know how things plays. Of course, playing at home sometimes it cannot be an advantage. In this case, uh, I think that yes, uh, for sure it helps you. Um, I didn't see this final, this exact final coming, but. Uh, talking right now and thinking back last year, I don't see that as an, an overwhelming um, surprise, at least in Nottingham. I mean, uh, not not expecting this in, in the next weeks, but uh, I think that these players already proved that, that they belong to, to the main tour, talking when it comes to, to grass court tennis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you know, they, they probably have a home advantage because they're probably used to growing up playing on grass. I think only a few other countries could say that. Germany, maybe. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think uh, the, Brits, the Brits are going to be a force at Wimbledon, at least to provide some early round shocks. And uh, hey, that's what the press has enjoyed 
um, over uh, the last few years. But may maybe um, we'll get some, um, you know, th these these players aren't exactly past it. They're still young. They're still in the mid-20s. Their careers are about to peak. Probably we could see them moving uh, up the rankings. Um, I think as the grass court season progresses, the story is going to move away from the Brits. Um, but we'll have to see how it goes. Um, Ghost has asked the question, did Heather Watson win the doubles match? She was playing with Harriet Dart. No, she did not. They lost in a match tiebreak in the final um, to a Norwegian and Estonian pair whose names I don't remember off the top of my head. But um, uh, I, I, I hadn't heard of it. I think I'd heard a couple of them, one of them before. But um, yeah, uh, uh, so unfortunately it wasn't an all British success um, across the board in Nottingham. Uh, in uh, all the events. Uh, but let's see, they're going to keep trying. Um, interestingly now, a um, bit of a, a stat for you. Um, in terms of like the main events of um, Wimbledon, women's doubles is the one where actually Brits have been waiting for longest for a winner now. Um, men's singles, Andy Murray, 2013. Mm -hmm. um, we had um, obviously... Virginia Wade winning Wimbledon in 1977, which was not, I know there was a lot of talk about it being the first all uh, British um, final um, since 1977. That wasn't Wimbledon. That was a match in San Francisco. Um, uh, mixed doubles, obviously, um, that was uh, won last year by uh, Neil Skupski alongside American Desiree Kravchik. And um, the men's doubles um, was won by uh, Johnny Marry alongside his partner Freddie Nielsen in um, 2012. Um, where am I going with this? The last time we had a British, we had British champions in the women's doubles at Wimbledon was 1956. That is how long Wim <laughs> Britain's been waiting for a women's doubles champion. Um, I don't know why I'm on that tangent, but you know, maybe with players like Barton Nichols. Um, Watson and Dart, pretty good doubles players. Maybe it was like something as the foundation for some progress in that area. Um, but I just wanted to throw that sort of random stat, um, as I like to do every now and again. Um, the Italians have been waiting a far shorter time. <laughs> um, yeah, it depends. Um, we have, uh, I mean, we have had, uh, talking about female players, we had uh, a very successful uh, recent past talking about early 20, 2010, 2015, around those years. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, with um, Iranian Vinci. And yeah, Iranian well. Vinci in, uh, one in Wimbledon, yeah. In 2014 and uh, completed them. That was, that was very, yeah, very good. Uh, um, Ita Italian players usually struggled uh in Wimbledon in the past but in the last years something has happened in the men's side with of course Berrettini 2021 but even last year there, there was Sinner in, in the quarterfinal uh the women's I the only one was Chiavone who reached the quarterfinal in my opinion uh, as I remember Georgie got to the quarterfinals as well but yeah I in 2018 you're right you're right she lost to Serena yeah yeah um yeah, and we might so. be coming back to Camilla Georgia a little bit later in the show, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's um, for sure. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But maybe we'll hit pause on the British tennis uh, point now. And let's hop over to the Netherlands, um, to Den Bosch or Rosmarlin. I'm not entirely sure what the actual place is because I keep getting here called different things. Um, that was an all that and that finished um uh and that ended up finishing uh um up with a an all na- uh, two finals of the same nationality but this time an all russian final uh between Kudamatova who had she won the title would have returned to the top 10 but she lost to um Ekaterina Alexandrova um which is not a massive surprise we know Alexandrova can spring these upsets um yeah, second second in a row there uh, oh, oh, she, oh, right. Is she defending champion? Yeah, she was the defending champion and she she defended the crown. Uh, last year, she got an amazing win against Sabalenka. Um, this this one was really, really struggled, but uh, a very a very nice one. Fourth, fourth career title. Uh, mm-hmm. For both, it was the sixth final, but Kudermetov has won only once. Uh, while mm-hmm. Alexandrova is now 4-2 in in the record. Um, no, I mean, Alex, Alex is that kind of player uh, who's able to bring her tennis pretty much everywhere. Um, you can see her um, creating some some issues here and there, even, even in the big events against some some great players because she has um she has really good baseline shots both forehand and the backhand so it's not that easy to um to find uh, her weakness when you're not uh, playing at a very high level sometimes she can be a little bit erratic um but in general is i feel that she is one of the probably most underrated players in in overall tennis fans judgment um because probably she's she's not uh, a main personality but uh when it comes to to results she's been she's been pretty consistent in the last um, five six years um so yeah n- not even a big surprise in my opinion that she won the final against kudermetova probably n- n- it was not a surprise at all um yeah she can play good tennis on grass because she's able to open the angles very well uh, and then it's difficult to defend court for the opponent um so yeah one uh, also um, ie judger as um yeah good player to watch i i i like her also to to watch i i enjoyed her in the last year so um, yeah, Given... definitely a threat everywhere, uh, in my opinion. But potentially with her game, given it's quite, you know, it, she does tend to like to try and really hit that ball. Um, she's done very well in Madrid over the years. Um, she does like it when the ball's flying a bit. Um, I can see why she's comfortable on grass. Um, I could see, yeah, I can see a scenario where she's um, a bad draw for someone at Wimbledon. But I would say... Um, there's one thing. Why do you think it is that she's never got past the third round of a major? 
because she's always been one match short of a big win. She's been one match short of a gra- gra- second week of a major several times. She got to the semis of Madrid. She lost a 500 final to Contivate in St. Petersburg. I think it was definitely in Russia. Um, what is it that's, that stopped her from that extra step? Is it bad draws or is it something else? Uh, I mean, when when it happens a lot of times, uh, you can't see that it's only bad bad draws, uh, in my opinion, because you you play a lot of different uh, different opponents with different uh, yeah with different uh, tennis style, and uh, in my opinion, her tennis can be a little bit. Um, a little bit one-dimensional uh, when she's not really able to to find solutions. Uh, sometimes, for example, in in big matches, you you can't only play your game, and you also have to to change something and to uh, to have some kind of problem solving. Uh, and maybe sometimes she's not really been able to to find a solution at the right time. Um, to create the issue uh, um, against uh, a very top player, or even when creating the issues not in in the big moment of the match, um, I remember her losing a lot of, for example, a lot of close battles, even in these big big events. Um, I mean, you you don't see it because she's not a player who likes to um, express a lot. Uh, but for sure, she's um, yeah, she is a girl that uh, feels a lot. Uh, also, in my opinion, the occasion sometimes even the final. I mean, she has a positive record in the final, uh, in finals for two. But uh, I remember a final she lost to Contavate. Um, you probably mentioned there in Saint Petersburg. Yeah, you mentioned that final. Uh, before and she she had the match on the racket a lot of times. Um, despite that, was the Contavate the, the very very big version of Contavate uh, in twenty twenty one. But um, she is an, an example. I remember her uh, sometimes throwing a little bit away um, the match. Then of course things can happen can can change because we saw with that Maya that she. Uh, she never was in the round three of a slam, and then suddenly she went in the semi-final and actually played a very good match against Viontek. So not really that that far away from uh, from thinking about the final. Um, so we know that things can can change quickly, but in my opinion, she she lacks a little bit of um, yeah of that problem solving quality that you you need to to have against uh some some kind of players because tennis wise she uh, she has a lot of uh good qualities but sometimes she can um for example i'm thinking about georgie um as another example of a player who in my opinion lacks a little bit of um the ability to to change um things during the match uh yeah that kind of that kind of issue that um, sometimes can um, yeah yeah can let you down in some in some matches and in some moments of of your career 
I mean, yeah, you, that that's very interesting. So, yeah, that's pro- I, I would agree with you. It's probably why we haven't seen Alexandra make some breakthrough. Maybe maybe this Wimbledon's going to be it. I do have to say, in your description of it, uh, uh, your description there, I did almost get a bit lost and wonder whether you would talk about Alexandra or Kudamatova because it could probably apply to her as well. Uh, what you were saying about her game being a little bit one-dimensional, lacking a little bit of a plan B um, at times um, as well. But it was a very well, very well fought match. Obviously, Kudamatova is still like one of those, that group of players who are on the verge of the top 10. Um, and maybe while we're talking about the top 10, we should move to um, discussing the tournaments that are happening this week because there's a big 500 happening in Berlin. And when I say big, I mean that um, only seven out of the top 10 of the yeah. tour are there. The only players missing are Sviantek, Pagula, and Haddad Meyer, who will be dropping out of the top 10 because of the points she's losing as a result. Um, so top 10's up for grabs. Um, you've got um, Kasatkina, Krajikova, Kudamatova, and even as an outsider, Sam Sonova in with a chance of uh, getting it. Um, but yes, uh, and actually, John is on his way to Berlin right now to cover it on the ground. So he's going to be right in the thick of the action in Berlin. Um but yeah, this this Berlin tournament looks to be an absolute blockbuster, doesn't it, Mario? Yeah, and and Pegula missing an event is is a, is a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, talking talking seriously uh, about the WTA 500, um, of course, it's super interesting every time they happen. Um, I don't know if probably something can can make them different to to avoid these 500 that are basically the same thing as 1000 events but um yeah for example we saw a lot of examples even in stuttgart the draw was super super packed and a lot of time it happens on the on the female side because they usually make 500 and 250 in the same week um mm-hmm. and so yeah usually these draws are really really stacked uh but of course it's going to be very very interesting because um, with the fact that we have no 1000 events on grass uh this will will give us a lot of uh of good indications uh for um for what could could happen in in Wimbledon uh Berlin champions have always uh, in the last years um, done good things uh, than in London because even in 2021, Samsonova was the big surprise um, in Berlin, but then she she reached the round four in Wimbledon last year with Javert, the champion, mm-hmm. then finalist in Wimbledon, very, very close to, to winning it. And of course, a lot of... Uh, I'm very super interested to see Rybakina playing yeah. on grass for the first time since the Wimbledon title. And so um, I think that it's pretty close in the power ranking, but uh, right now, having not seen uh, these girls already playing uh, their matches in, in Berlin and on grass, I think that Ribakina probably enters the grass season as the number one in these power rankings um because of, of the fact that she of her serve uh but she's also a really really good mover 
for for how she she is tall, but she moves really really well. Um, yeah, she. I think that one thing about Rybakina that goes under the radar, and I think that she's uh, really really good with um, with, the, with the hand, uh, with the slide, um, changing yeah. changing directions. She's really good in doing this. Um, and so probably if I have to pick one player, uh, she's the one I'm uh, I'm most uh, interested the most in watching her playing because of all what happened in Wimbledon was still a, a little bit a surprise, um, even if we are, we already knew her qualities. But um, and yeah, also the fact that she she comes here as the world number three despite not having the Wimbledon points speaks a lot about how dangerous she is. Yeah. Um, and then also probably a lot of, um, of things to see about Sabalenka because last year was a particular grass season because of not playing Wimbledon. Um, so, I mean, last year she played Wimbledon, she was in the semis. So um, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, I mean, for, for all the players, because uh, these are literally two two big events, talking about the 500, and then we're going into the slam. So it's all to see this week. And, and it's fun to see. Yeah, it is. I, I think, you know, John's got an amazing gig. He's going to be right there. He's going to be reporting um, for us what's what's going on. Um, in Berlin, hopefully you get, get to talk to some of these players. I completely agree with you about the players to watch being Rebecca and Sabalenka. Um, for me, they are the top two favourites for, um, well, not only the Berlin title, but Wimbledon. Um, and I really hope they're in opposite halves of the draw at Wimbledon uh, because obviously Rebecca is not going to be top two. Sabalenka, that's locked down. Yeah. Uh, I I want Rebecca to be in Sviantec's half. Um, I know that probably sounds weird coming from me, but I don't have great expectations of Sviantec at Wimbledon. Um, and given Rebecca has kind of had her number recently, that's going to just be uh, that's going to be emphasised on grass. So um, a Rebecca Sabalenka potential head showdown could be interesting, but we could get that in uh, in Berlin. Um, what you're saying is, it, I, I completely agree. That's why they're the top two in my power rankings. Um, because, you know, Sabalenka on grass was only stopped by a very, Pleshkova on a very, very good day the last time she played at Wimbledon. Um, and with um, Rabakina, um, she's the defending champion. So obviously we're trying to see if they're picking back up kind of where they left off. Although I know Sabalenka played grass last year. She wasn't having a great year. She, she, as you said, lost to Alexandrova in the Rajmalan final um, last year. Um, Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Here's my very, very long-winded question for you. Um, 
do you think how um how likely do you think it is going to be a Sabalenka Rabakina final 1v2 in Berlin oh um Yeah, for sure. Uh, this season has has taught us that uh, these players, these two players, alongside with Zviontek, uh, have been really, really, really consistent uh, in basically all uh, the big events. And with big, I mean all the events, but the two fifty. Um, they, uh, yeah, they've really been consistent on hard courts and even on clay. Uh, they won basically all the big the big clay court titles. Um, I want to see Jabber. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, she can be, she can be a threat uh, if she's in form, for example, uh, to, to Sabalenka. I think they are, uh, yeah, they are the same side. No. Uh, I thought that no, she was in the Rebecca side. Ah, she's in the Rebecca side. It's basically the same. Yeah. It seems to be the same. Um, talking about how she she can be a threat, um, of course she can be, and especially on this surface uh, with uh, a lower uh, ball bounce uh, for players like Sabalenka and Rybakina can be uh, can be dangerous at times to play them. Um, given also the fact that he, this is the first week on grass for both these two players. Um, I can expect them to be in the final, but I won't be really, really shocked if they um, they put in a, a bad day here or in the second round in the quarters. Um, um, I'm 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 open to the idea that this can happen um, mm. during this week. Um, let's see that if I have to make a prediction. I'm going to tell you that probably one of them reaches the final, the other not. I think that's a reasonable prediction, to be honest. I would probably agree. I think there's plenty of upset potential in there. I know when I was filling my draw out, I was like, I think Shaber and Rebakina are going to play in the semis. And I was really debating as to whether I thought that Shaber might be able to uh, take revenge for that Wimbledon final loss. Um I mean, she was very close to winning that match. It was it was a pretty good contest. Um, if things had fallen differently, she probably could have won it. Maybe she'll uh, she will do it. I mean, I've not watched much of Berlin because I've tended to watch the British Grass Court events. Um, you probably watched it a little bit over the last couple of years. Are there any different? Would you say Berlin plays similar to Wimbledon? Maybe slightly different. I know Halle, um Only Roger Federer has really managed to get a good warm up out of there. Uh, but as you were saying, Berlin seems to provide some good results um, for the champions coming out of it, Samson of Rungeber. Uh Yeah, no, uh, talking honestly, I think that uh, Halle plays super, super, super fast and a lot faster than, than the Queen's Club grass and even the Wimbledon one. Um, but uh, having watched Berlin, I, I, I think that um it's not that much different um i think that the it is um yeah it is a good a good warm up event uh for the players 
um, especially in the women's side, with um, probably if if it's a little bit faster or not, it doesn't really change that much. But the most important thing is that the player are used on the court um, to to the ball bounce, and I think that um, in Berlin uh, uh, a good thing is that. Um, the balls play play really similar, and because the balls are are th the thing that makes the difference uh, the most in terms of the conditions. Um, yeah, no, I think that it's it's a good warm up event, uh, as well as the the Badenburg tournament. Uh, yeah. That one we are going to see Sviontek in that one. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, and I think that the that is also. Uh, quite a good event to to prepare the, uh, the Wimbledon two weeks because we saw even last the last year for example um, Halep chose chose Badenburg and then played well in Wimbledon as well as Kerber. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think that these these tournaments are um, are really really good preparation. Uh, for Wimbledon, Halle plays in the men's side plays a little, a little bit different in my opinion. It's, yeah. um, it's probably a little bit too fast even for being Russ. Um, right. But uh, there's also have to be said that uh, there are also some coincidences uh, that sometimes prevent a player to to be able to perform well even in Wimbledon, for example. Um, yeah, I have to say Federer is out of out of this world uh, yeah. but talking about Hurkacz when you go to Wimbledon and play Davidovic Fokina uh, it's not the biggest surprise in the world uh, that you lose in five sets that, that match uh, knowing about the, the two players so I uh, I think that most important thing about the um, not too fast, Ghosty. I, I I wasn't saying that in a in a bad way. I was just comparing. It's too fast to be good preparation for Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. And I knew what, what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean I think that most important thing is to to adapt well to uh, to the movement, which is uh, different to to the clay court. Um, I think, for example, that Jabber is one of the players who makes this in the mo in the most natural way uh, mm. to to make the transition from the clay to to the grass. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, these these top players should should be able to perform well uh, on grass. I see no reason for them to. To do well for Sabalenka, the only thing is that the serve going to to be work uh, to work well. If not, it's going to be to be difficult. But given how uh, the thing has gone this year, I think that she's going even the serve. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to where we do uh, the, the the preview episode for Wimbledon when we know the draw, we know the drill, the final power rankings will be out. Um, I mean, I've still got to update my spreadsheet that, to calculate them based on the results from the last few days. Um, but actually, what were your you you saw at the beginning of the video? Um, did you have any major question marks about anything in uh, in the power ranking I put out? Um, just being sort of self indulgent here. Um, 
I, I know we already agree on one and two, um, Rabak and Sabalenka. Um, I don't know if you agree with the order, but we agree that they're the top two. Um, but uh, did you have any thoughts? So like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> Venus. <laughs> Venus Williams. Uh, no, she's not in the power ranking. That's no. even despite her result today, which we will get to. Um, um, no, I, I mean in my power ranking, as, as for now, I as I've already said, I I am first one is Ribakin in my opinion, and second okay. one is Sabalenka. Okay. Uh, I I still think that uh, I mean I I can't put uh, yeah probably. Uh, I mean, have to see how Jabber is uh, this yeah. week, but probably Jabber's Viontek can be can fight for the third place. Uh, probably given yeah, the I've... fact that Jabber has reached the final last year, probably third place for her and fourth for for Iga. But I I don't want to to I don't know to count Iga out because uh, I don't think that she 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 has not the ability to to adapt well and to play well on grass. Uh, last year, for example, uh, she was also a bit, in my opinion, um, yeah, a little bit gassed going into Wimbledon. Uh, after mm-hmm. all, that run, those wins, and I mean, she she won the French Open this year, but it's not the same thing. And mm-hmm. also, I mean, she she's been one set away from the quarterfinals in 2021. Uh, so, yeah, I think yeah. that the, this should be, in my opinion, the top four in in the power ranking. And then there are some players who who can uh, who can be in in the speech. For example, um, since she since she's been so 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 young, Coco Golf has, has played well in Wimbledon. Uh, I know that she she's not living the her best season so far, but um, I don't know. Sometimes you go you go into a place and some memories are unlocked and you start to play better. Um, there are some players I'm I'm not yeah. counting out. Just for example, when I'm talking, when I'm thinking, um, when there was Angelique Kerber, she she could be number forty, but. In the world, but she was in the top ten of the power ranking because of of quality, experience, the ability to uh, to to play very well with with the lower ba- ball bounce of the grass court. Uh, for example, there is Kvitova. I I want to see her because on clay she wasn't really in shape, but why not? She can be she can be dangerous if she if she finds some form. Well, she had a very good start today because she beat Pliskova in straight sets. Um, and I was wondering how that one was going to go because I wasn't sure how fit Kvitova was. Um, the fact that she came out there um, is uh, quite interesting. Um, I think a lot of the na- all the names you listed are on my power ranking. I put Kvitova at number 10 because I wasn't sure about her fitness. I put Goff at number 8. Um, I was in the same position as you, like wondering which way to put around Sviantec and... Um, Jabir, and then I thought Mukova has to be in the mix. Mukova has to be in the mix. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. I, I, um, I don't know. I, I heard some as uh, a little bit worrying, but um, okay. Uh, well, she's not playing I, at the minute, so 
No, I think that uh, this week, you mean in this week? Yeah, this, this week, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I got scared <laughs> about about Wimbledon. No, no, no. no. She's um, no, no bad news about Wimbledon yet. We're fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, definitely she she can play amazing. Um, Mukova has been. We haven't talked about that, but uh, going um, going back to talk about Mukova in general, I've been super super happy to watch her at that level. At French Open, uh, uh, a, pleas- a pleasure for me to, to watch her play play her tennis. Um, she's been twice in the quarterfinals. So, uh, Mukova. Yeah, um, Mukova. The only question mark is always about the fitness because mm. when she is okay physically, she can be. She can be there in the mix, of course, to win to win this title, especially in these surfaces like clay and grass, that are probably the two surfaces that uh, have uh, the most. Um, I mean, since like these um, natural talented players can be usually very very good on uh, both on clay and grass, so um, very similar to Jabeur. In many ways, yeah. um, they both like to play with a lot of variety, and they're both comfortable across both surfaces. Mukova um, is currently ranked at 16. Um, obviously, this week will decide the Wimbledon seeds. So I, I've actually put a tweet about out about this, um, like get all the repercussions. So your top eight seeds are, gonna, are kind of confirmed. It depends on what order they're going to be in. Mukova um, is currently ranked 16. Um, so on course we 16th seed at Wimbledon, which will probably please anyone ranked above her. They can't run into her before the second week. Um, the one thing that would stop her being seeded 16th at Wimbledon is if Victoria Azarenka wins Berlin. If Victoria Azarenka wins Berlin, she'll jump into 16 um, ahead of Mukova and displace Mukova, making her maybe a slightly more dangerous. Yeah, but draw. I don't think this is. But I don't think that's happening. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, all the due respect, of course, but I don't think it's happening. Mm, given I mean, what I what I watched lately, what from Azarenka? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, I mean, I was slightly optimistic because I thought she had some decent grass court pedigree, but you're right, like she's kind of patchy at the minute. Um, I had her as like a watch out for her, maybe at a um, watch out for her. Um, but uh, let's see, she's got Sasnovich tomorrow in her opening round. Um, that's going to be a tough battle. Or Belarusian, power player in Sasnovich. That's going to be tricky on grass. Yeah. Um, Dark Horse for me... Um, actually for Wimbledon on this topic, Ostapenko. Um, Ostapenko on grass can be very, very dangerous unless she's having yeah. a bad day. Yeah, I mean, she can she can easily blow blow you out of the court if yeah. she is in a good day. But I, I think on all surfaces, all the courts in the world, she's able to, <laughs> to do that. But yeah, she can she can really do well on grass. I think that... The only thing that I I will never forgive Ostapenko is that she never really stepped up with with a serve, um, yeah. and this could have been, yeah, could have been the the step, the final step for her to to be, um, to always be in the mix for for these top titles, and especially on grass where uh, with, with her shots and having a solid serve. 
she could have been uh, a super, super, super difficult player to stop. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, exactly. So, but hey, Ostapenko clearly won Roland Garros at age 20, although she was yeah. 19 for most of that tournament, and clearly decided, well, it works. I don't see why I need to change. Um, so that's very much her attitude. Ostapenko is the second seed in Birmingham, which is the other WTA Tour event happening. Top seed is Barbora Krajikova. But I think it's time we talk about what the chat and what everyone wants us to talk about. We're 15 minutes in. I'm sorry you've had to wait. Guys, <laughs> Venus Williams just beat Camilla Georgie in three tough sets. And this, more than this, three hours. This champion doesn't know when to stop doing champion things. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch you. You you are forty three. You have won a lot of things on the tennis court in singles, doubles, uh, gold medals, uh, Wimbledon titles, uh, uh, and and you are there at forty three to play with, with some knee pain and fight for for that single win, the first round of a 250 against Georgie for three more than three hours. Uh, it's I love to see these things because it's giving so so much passion, so uh, dedication to the game. Um, I mean, it's wow! It's, <laughs> it, it's yeah. I think she said words. after her match. She hit 120 miles an hour serve for the first time in a while. And she was like, and her reaction was, I've missed you. No, <laughs> she yeah, seems to be finding uh, the best tennis again. Uh, yeah, she's also she's also a nice character, I have to say. Uh, and it's also play a role. But despite everything, uh, sh- she literally turned 43 two days ago. And wow. she's here fighting for her life in, in a match that won't change anything in her in her career talking about the titles the trophies and i mean who knows but <laughs> uh it it shouldn't be and and she's there giving uh all this this passion and you you feel it uh you feel it and the way she fights and not many players uh would be able uh to do this from the level point of view and from also, I'd say also a physical point of view, because yes, yeah, she had the, the knee issues, but you can see that she uh, she she worked really hard uh, to be here in this position, and also mentally, and, and it's been great to see. Indeed, indeed, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited uh, to see um, what could happen. Um, I'm seeing chat speculation that Serena and Venus might be playing doubles at Wimbledon. I want to squash that because Serena's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not happening. Right. I know she won 
Australian Open while pregnant, she was not yeah, as far along as she yeah, is yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. And also <laughs> much younger. Um, yeah, but going back to, yeah, it was a fantastic win for Venus. She competed with a very, very good grass court player, Georgie, quarterfinals at Wimbledon. I think she'd been there twice, actually. Um, oh, just the once. Okay. Um, and uh, she, um, but like, yeah, she competed with Georgie's power, grass court prowess. Um, and uh, I was winning. Yes, there you go. That's the that's the quote I just shared. I don't know whether I saw it on Twitter or whether Jamie shared it in a chat before. Um, but yeah, um, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely great moment. Um, let's see how much she's got left for her next match because, well, it's either going to be against... Um, Noskova or Ostapenko. Ostapenko. That's a tough match, whoever it is. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really hope that the, the knee thing is not uh, is not super serious. That she's going to be able to 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 stay here, to stay on court uh, for the next match. I don't know. I I, I know that probably I'm not I, I'm pessimist, but um, I am a little bit worried for that knee. So let's see. Yeah. I I don't. I, I I want to celebrate this win and that's it and let's see what happens. It's going to be a great moment for her to say, hey, 43, I can still compete with the best. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, it's good things to see. I'm excited to see what she can produce um, over the next few weeks. She's going to want to come back to Wimbledon um, and maybe she's aiming for that sixth Wimbledon singles title. Um <laughs> But we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I think Birmingham potentially could get a little overshadowed uh, by Berlin. But there's still some very very good players in the field, um, and some interesting stories to come out of that. Obviously, the Brits are going to be involved. So selfishly, I'm interested in that. But you've got um, you've still got um, as I said, Krajikova, Ostapenko um, in there. Um, you've got. Uh, Kostyuk playing, you've got the Brits, you've got Noshkova. I'm very interested to see what Noshkova can produce um, because there's an outside chance she could snatch a Wimbledon seeding if she wins it, um, yeah. which would be good for her age. But that's that's a very sort of outside possibility. Um, I think there's going to be some good tennis happening in Birmingham. Uh, no, that's for sure. Even because I think that it's, uh, as a tournament, um it should be, um, yeah, interesting to watch because even the top seeds, uh, I know um, Krejcikova is not really in, in an amazing form right now. I don't know that maybe she has improved the condition these weeks. And so um, mm -hmm. Ostapenko, we know that she can be a little bit unpredictable. And so I think that even even from these first rounds, it's really, really interesting to see, even because, for example, Ostapenko hasn't got an easy uh, first opponent because playing uh, Noskova. And I think that Noskova, uh, I know that with young players, it's it's difficult to have them already doing well on, on this grass court. But I think that Noskova has the game to... Uh, to be a good grass court player in general. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really interested uh, in this event, in both, because for, for different reasons, but uh, also, for example, 
it's going to be interesting to watch uh, how well also players who who did well last last week um, are going to to do in Birmingham, for example. Um, really unfortunate draw in many ways that Dart and Burridge have got each other in round one, given they both kind of looking good from, well, Dart got to the quarters, but she was playing pretty well. Um, and unfortunate to run into Bolter, the eventual champion. Barrage obviously being in the final. Um, obviously, it's great to guarantee at least a British win, but also for both of them, given how they're playing, they probably would have hoped that um, they weren't going to run into someone who was um, feeling good on grass at the minute. Yeah, no, uh, of course. Uh, but I don't think that uh, one of them is happy about about no. uh, about the draw. Um, yeah, um, that's that's also uh, it. Also shows the importance to to host tournaments in the country. Uh, I mean, uh, I can speak, for example, for for Italy. It, it's um, it's not difficult, especially in the on the men's side, for Italian players to. Uh, to gain experience and to uh, to play at home, which is more comfortable, and to uh, to climb up uh, the ranking. In fact, we are watching right now a lot of a lot of Italian players ranked in the top uh, uh, two hundred. Um, for example, especially in the men's side, um, and England, uh, England, British tennis is. Uh, yeah, I mean, a bit lucky in this part of the year, but not a lot, probably in general, because mm-hmm. uh, it's all in this in these weeks in in, in this grass court swing. Um, for example, in Italy, you grow up on clay, and clay is a surface that uh, if you learn very very well to play on on clay then you you feel comfortable in i mean 35 40% of of the year even 50% if you play for example at challenger level um and so you can choose uh when you when you're going to play uh so yeah um, going back to what i was saying uh i mean it's it's very good that this uh, these young British players have the opportunity to uh, to put themselves against the biggest uh, in the world. Let's go on a slight tangent here, um, actually, because um, I've talked a lot about British tennis and I'd love to talk for five minutes about Italian tennis. I don't know whether we've uh, spoke, you've spoken much on the topic before. You probably have. Um, I don't know whether you have on um, the, the channel or not. Um, but uh, I think on the men's side, it's surely inevitable that you're going to have an immense champion um, from Italy winning Rome, either Sinner or Massetti at some point in the next 10 years. Um, maybe even Luca Nardi, if he turns out to be as good as everyone says he is. And my other question would be, um, you've got a lot of talent in the women's side. Like if you look at sort of the top 50, top 60 range, you've got players like Cotoretto, uh, Paolini, um, there's another name yeah. that's escaping me. Um, Georgie obviously is in the mix, but she's kind of starting to age out a bit. Bronzetti, that was the other one. Um, you've got these names that are sort of in the mix, and they f- I feel like they're pushing for a breakthrough. I mean, Cotoretto and Paolini have just debuted, uh, could be about to debut in the top 40, um, potentially. Yeah. 
I mean, only uh, I have a lot of hopes in uh, in Cocciaretto. Uh, only bad thing about her is uh, she, she has always some kind of of little injury here and there, uh, and this is uh, and this is pretty sad because even at at 22 she already had the knee surgery uh, that prevented her to play for like eight nine months when she she was on the verge to break the the top 100 at 19 and mm. and then it's it's difficult to uh, uh you you have to learn how to manage yourself and it's not that easy also as for the italian personality in talking in general of course uh we tend to to mature a little later uh, it's difficult to watch an Italian 18-year-old already with that mindset and with that I, I mean, it's difficult. In fact, a lot of um, our players, but even talking about, uh, for example, Flavia Pennetta in the past, uh, got a lot of great results in their, uh, for example, late 20s, uh, even early 30s, uh, for example, um, Probably I am exaggerating because he is the best example possible. Uh, but Fonini, who won a uh, master title at 33. Um, and talking about your first question, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I don't I don't really like to make these kind of predictions because uh, we always know that the last step is the most difficult one. Um, because as long as you have to improve your game, to put things in and to work hard to improve your tennis, your mentality, you can, you can for arrive like in, in the top 20, 15, even to break the top 10, but then you, you're going to need something else, uh, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, of course, if you are there. Uh, you can have the chance and if you have the chance and then you're able to 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 get the chance then you uh, yeah you became a, a master champion a wta 1000 champion if not a grand slam champion even mm. if it's uh, even more difficult uh, but um it's easy to predict that a player is going to become a good player because you watch him, you 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 watch that he has the skills, that he has the uh, the right mentality to 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 be in the match. Uh, but then it becomes very 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 difficult to uh, to predict if that last step missing. Um, I still think that uh, even if with some some difficulties, I think that uh, probably not in Rome, but talking in general, uh, Sinner will have some chance. I don't know how many, uh, but some chance here and there he can he can have some chance. For example, we saw this year in the Sunshine Double. Um, yeah. Yeah. Talking so, about the female players, it's it's a bit difficult. There are a lot of talented players, but I, as for the moment, I don't really see in, in them uh, 
making the next step. Yeah. Mm. No, I don't. I mean, there's a reason why they've got. I think there's a reason why they've not quite broken through in the same way yet. I wasn't aware that Italians tend to mature later. It's a fascinating insight. Um, I I have a question because okay, so I've obviously grown up in Britain, and we are fortunate that we're one of four nations that hosts a major title. Um, which would you say is a bigger deal for an Italian player, winning a major or winning at home in Rome? Because Rome is the biggest title that that's hosted, is the Italian Open, officially. Um, winning in front of a home crowd. would the, oh, Maybe not which is bigger, but would they put that achievement on the same level? I think that's a fairer question. Uh, I, I still think that a Grand Slam is a Grand Slam. Uh, because you you really write your name in in the highest books of tennis history, and uh, it's it's a total different thing. Um, yeah, I think that a Grand Slam is a Grand Slam. Uh, of course, Slam. of course, if you um, I mean being in in the Rome final um, playing against. Um, in front of, of the home crowd, for example, as it happened, uh, Sarerani went very, very deep in 2014. Um, but still, I think that for, for all the meaning, uh, I mean, Rome, even as, as a master, has a really, really long tradition, but uh, the Grand Slam tennis is something unique, in my opinion, and uh, it, 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 yeah, it, it plays different for me. Uh, mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about, uh, I mean, I don't really had, uh, didn't really have the experience because no Italian player um, won won in Rome in in the recent years. But uh, for how we remember, for example, Schiavone and Pennetta, which are our two Italian Grand Slam champions. Um, I don't think it would have been totally the same uh, if they, uh, for example, Penetta not the US Open, but in Rome. Mm, yes, of course, but not in the same way. Okay. That's, I, I just wanted to get that insight from someone who, like someone from a country that doesn't have necessarily that obsession with winning the one tournament. Uh, because in Britain... We don't ca- like there's almost a I think Emma Raducanu is a little bit different. Uh, but if I think about 10 years ago, Andy Murray won the US Open on the men's side. And the question was, great, when's he going to win Wimbledon? Um, we haven't had that same question with Raducanu over here, um, possibly because of the problems she's faced since. But um, that, just to give you a bit of an insight of where I'm coming from, of what, what's different. And that's a really, really interesting insight to me. Um, I guess... I one other thing I was gonna to kind of uh, say is actually I don't know you probably know your tennis history really well but there was one point sort of before the open era kind of started where there was a um actually Rome the Italian Open was regarded as the fifth major um and there were some questions to whether they should make it a major um at one point because it, it was held in that high regard when Rod Laver won his two grand slams, his two calendar grand slams. I remember reading a um, a report from the time he won in 69 saying his 62 one was impressive, more impressive because he won the Italian Open as well. Um, so there's a, a little bit of tennis history in there that 
Um, I'm not sure you're aware of maybe if we were having this conversation 50, 60 years ago, it would be a very different answer. Probably, probably, yes. Um, <laughs> no, um, for sure, talking about uh, all the tournament uh, um, without considering the Grand Slams, of course, this is the one that, uh, yeah, have uh, the the biggest reputation for, for, for us Italians because, of course, to to watch an, an Italian player, male, female. But even when when we had um, the doubles pair and Rani and Vinci winning the doubles, it was uh, very nice for us. The stadium were really, really wanted to, to see them. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, uh, for example, if you're going to, to ask uh, about every other 1000 event, and for us, uh, the idea of an Italian winning Rome is, is of course, very, very special. Um, for example, in, this, in these years, we have the, the ATP finals. Uh, yes. But it's not the same. It's not the no. same, in my opinion. It because wasn't the same when it was in London. Yeah, also, we know that it's like temporary. Uh, the city may change. And of course, now there's a lot to talk about uh, the Italian players who can make it to Turin because of the chance to, to see them playing there. But it's not really the same of the idea of winning in Rome. All, yeah. Even for all the, the media hype, uh, a lot of, uh, for example, if you are an Italian media to get the accreditation for the Italian Open is basically impossible. Uh, it's it's super super difficult because um, there are a lot of a lot of television there with their um, uh, I don't know with their um, yeah I don't I don't want to say studios because they they bring it with them I don't know how to say um, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of noise about that event also the fact that it's it's on clay in May. Uh, when people want to go out because the, the nice season, uh, talking about the weather, not this year, but in general. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Rome so had the Wimbledon weather this year. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray for a good, a good Wimbledon with the weather. Um, yeah, but um, no, yeah, I, I was, of course, telling you that uh we we treat it as as like the fifth slam in terms of how much uh people want some italian players to uh, to win there but still i think that are something even more because of of the way also the pride to for the people to say an italian is the grand slam champion indeed Indeed. Especially well, in the men's side, especially in the men's side, because the last one was in 1976. And, Adriana Yeah, that one. And so, yeah, especially in the men's side right now, because in the women's, we had some recently. So, um, Adriana Panata, I believe, is the only man to have beaten Bjorn Borg at Roland Garros. Uh, it can be. It's him it and one. Yeah. yeah, I think he is. I think there's, there might be one other Roland Garros that Borg might have pulled out of. I don't know if he actually lost a match, but um, a bit like Nadal, essentially, like 
I don't know what it was, but Panata beat Borg at his first Roland Garros, and then he beat him um, in '76 um, when he won won the title. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what what it was about that matchup. Obviously, I'm not uh, fair enough with the history to have watched any either of them play. But uh, you go, you're getting yeah, WTA and history. Go back. <laughs> we should go back to watch <laughs> to the glory watch days. I, I think maybe maybe there's probably uh, other tennis matches we should go back to watch but I think it's more exciting to look forward as we've been doing a little bit uh today um I think kind of I, I thank you for everyone for bearing with us for another 10 minute talking tennis tangent try saying that three times fast um and uh we uh, so I think we can safely say that obviously British tennis is in a good place um Alexandra was one to watch Berlin is going to be really important, but particularly focusing on um, Rybakina, Sabalenka, Jabir and how they're going to do. And Birmingham is going to be all about how Venus Williams does. Is that a good summary, Mario? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a perfect summary. Uh, I mean, this year, this year, WTA tennis is giving a lot. We, we, we could make uh, endless episodes to talk about WTA tennis this year. Uh, a lot of things happening. Uh, talking about the top-ranked player, but not only them. Uh, it's going to be, hopefully, also a great second part of the year. I, I think it will be. I'm very excited. I mean, if I'm looking forward, I think this year's US Open is going to be an almighty showdown between this year's WTA Big Three, um, because that's <laughs> going to be a place they all feel comfortable um, New York, Sviantec defending champion, Sabalenka, two-time semi-finalist, Rabakina should like it there. Um, I think, um, and actually it's the Indian Wells champion. And uh, the last few years, the Indian Wells has been held in spring. The, the winner's gone on to win the US Open. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, so um, I'm not, the trends are meant to be broken, but um, it gives her hope. Uh, so we would, I, I'm very interested to see uh, how how that shows down, and then obviously WTA finals is going to be special as well, especially with the caliber of players we're having in the top ten, um, top eight. Uh, but in the immediate future, it's all about Wimbledon and that grass court build up, uh, and we're going to be all over that WTA grass court build up in uh, twenty uh, this week. We've got John in Berlin. And then um, Jamie and I are tag teaming in Birmingham. So he's been there today. I'm going there for the next two days. Jamie will be back on Friday and I'm covering finals weekend. Um, I'm going to be honest with you all. I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're going to give it a try. Uh, and uh, um, any, any tips, Mario? <laughs> Let's see if you make Venus Williams to lift the trophy. <laughs> oh, that would be... Uh, that would be uh, a special moment um, to watch. When was the last time Venus won a WTA title? Was that 20... Oh, God. Uh... Gotta look it up now. Quick, who can Google this fastest? Yeah, yeah, because I... I, I, I to be honest, I don't remember. I'm going to have to look... Yeah, look this up. Wikipedia, where are you? Maybe John's going to get there before either of us. <laughs> All right, let's have a look. Grand Slams, significant finals. It is you. 16. Am I right? 20, 2016. 2016 would sound right to me. 
you've got there first, I think. Yeah, yeah Taiwan Open. The Taiwan Open yeah. in February 2016. That's the last time she won a WTA title. She's lost her fast, last four finals. The most recent being the WTA finals in Singapore when she lost to Wozniacki. Um, but there you go. So, yeah. So, 2016 is the last time. Uh, so, yeah. It, it's 43-year-old, seven years after winning her, la- her last WTA title. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, look, if I'm going to be honest, when I did the TNNS prediction, um, I predicted Alina Svitolina to win, and she lost to Linda Fravitova, six love, six two. So, yeah, I and I also predicted it. Donna Vecchio to win Nottingham. I'm not exactly the person to talk to about predictions. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I as I show, I, I've done well in the in the men's prediction for the Roland Garros. Yeah. You did. You did. You you ran away with it pretty much. Yeah, like you were out in the lead from the start, and uh, you made the smart decision to back Djokovic for that one. And uh, I actually I also won the WTA bracket. Technic, I suppose. Um, again, Sviontek um kind of carried me on that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's a reason why the two of us host the shows that we do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, definitely, um, obviously talking tennis peeps, um, keep an eye out for future episodes. Um, we'll have a WTA weekly, um, sort of around Sunday, um, to, um, kind of wrap up what actually did happen in Berlin and Birmingham and look ahead to, um, Bad Homburg and the WTA 500 in Eastbourne, um, which is obviously an interesting event, um. I know yeah, I kind of it jumped a classic. In. It's a classic. It's interestingly, what I find is um unless you're born champion at Wimbledon, like Serena Williams or Ash Barty, um, typically you just need to play one match at Eastbourne. The, the champion at Wimbledon's played at least one match at Eastbourne um as their warm-up. Um it's obviously very, very good Wimbledon preparation. Although the last time anyone won an Eastbourne Wimbledon double was nineteen ninety-eight, Jana Novotna. And the only other two women to have done it are Gra- our, um, not Graf, Graf never won it, um, Everton and Navratilova. Um, so um, I don't necessarily think you want to win Eastbourne, but you want to go, you want to win a couple of matches there as your mm, prep. Yeah. And that is also where we will see Jessica Pagula returning uh, to the tour. Um, oh, finally. Yes. Ghost will be so pleased um, to see her back. Um. Ghost is uh, sorry. Max is suggesting a Venus Williams and Francis Tiafo mixed doubles at Wimbledon. All I would say is yes, please. <laughs> same, same. Honestly, <laughs> would be amazing. But I mean, uh, probably I, I don't know. Tiafo could Tiafo would say yes. <laughs> Anyone would say yes to playing mixed doubles. With yeah, Venus me Williams. too, Venus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I got back on court for the first time in a year, and uh, I did all right. Regard. So, yeah, Even because we we get it thanks to her. So <laughs> why not? Let's do it. Let's uh, let's let's put the petition out. What could go wrong? <laughs> um, Mary, you're going to be doing an ATP weekly show. Um, yesterday, yesterday, I, yesterday, I missed the show. This 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 week, I've done only the WTA. I oh, I'm at, I'm at next week to wrap up Haller and Queens. Great. Are you going to do that? <laughs> Okay, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. We're gonna do this. Okay, um, he's committed. He's committed, people. But it's been absolutely wonderful having Mario on to talk 
WTA tennis. I can tell he's been bursting to do this for ages. And he's finally got all this women's tennis chat out of him, out of his system. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's been, it's been very, very nice. All right. Well, um, we are... Keep an eye on the channel for lots of content coming from Berlin, Berlin and Birmingham. Gosh, saying those two, two names together is a challenge. Um, and uh, subscribe um, to get us to 2249 and maybe someone else subscribe to get us to 2250. Um, and uh, I will be back. Um, I'll be back through the course of the week with updates from Birmingham with my next power ranking for the WTA and then for WTA Weekly. So... If you're sick of my face on this channel, I am so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it's been nice to nice to be on with you all. Um, so have a good evening and uh, keep talking tennis. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.